back to the Baguette Boy and You podcast. We are back at it again. And today, as you can probably tell, we're switching things up a bit. My name is Richard. I will be hosting today's episode. But as always, I'm joined by Fostimus Prime, aka oh. Derek, and the Spartan legend himself, Connor. How you guys doing today? Yeah. How you feeling? I don't know how I feel about that nickname already. Yeah. Just ran one race, but love the animated intro. That's next level. Derek, take notes. Well, yeah, I was going to say, he's coming for my job. I, I mean, maybe this is a permanent thing. I, I like it. I'm for it. I, I brought the broadcasting voice out today, and, uh, you know, here we go. It's going to be an interesting episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. This is our last episode before uh, – or sorry, this is our last episode of Season 2. And after this, we're going to take about two to three weeks off just to have some retrospectives, dive in, make the podcast better. And uh, it's going to be a good – it's going to be a good episode today. we got a really good guest on. Um, it's going to really go well with our theme this month and our topic. So our theme, if you guys haven't already been paying attention, is physical health. And our topic today is know your body. And uh, we're going to try to make this an absolute banger of an episode. Without further ado, this is somebody I really respect, somebody that brings unbelievable energy into everything he does, and somebody that literally fixed my body and made it better when it felt broken. William, how you doing today? How you feeling? What's up, everybody? I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm pumped for it. Awesome. Well, as always, let's get into this week's episode. Last week, we had a challenge, which was try some new food. Did anybody Did anybody do that? Did you guys try anything new? Yeah, I'll, uh, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't try any, like, particularly new food, but the other aspect of the challenge was try something you haven't had in a long time since a kid yeah. or you didn't like as a kid. Um, and little known fact, I despised any form of eggs as a kid, like, really did not like eggs in any sort. So um, I've been eating hard-boiled eggs, which I especially didn't like as a kid. And it's actually, I don't know, it's actually been pretty good. Put a little bit of salt in there. You eat every, the whole piece or the egg white or the yolk? You eat the whole oh, thing? everything with the shell. Wow. You know, a lot of people don't like eggs when they're growing up. And to eat the whole egg right away, that's pretty good. That's pretty oh, no, good. no, no, no. I don't, I don't pop the whole thing in my mouth. I shouldn't say no. <laughs> Just little pieces? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I unfortunately did not try anything new. The only thing I did try new was a ghost tequila, and it was amazing. Um, so that's not that something spicy. I had as a kid. It's definitely new. <laughs> so uh, that's, yeah, unfortunately, I, I did not uh, complete this challenge. Did you get a little spicy marg action or what? It was uh, it was an infused drink. It was uh, tequila with like a habanero bitter and lime. I don't know. It was really, really good. Oh, that sounds so good. It was amazing, where, yeah. Where was this? Uh, we went out to eat the other day. I can't remember where. but yeah, I'll, uh, It was a simple drink, so it's an easy one to make. I just got to go. I already picked up uh, more tequila to go and try and make it. So, <laughs> yeah, game over. That's awesome to hear. Uh, well, for me, I hate great candy. And uh, I actually tried great candy. Like, I just hate that flavor. It just reminds me of cough medicine as a child. And uh, yeah. I still hate it. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a terrible thing. And uh, I will probably always continue to hate it because it always resonates with the cough medicine for me. That's so unfortunate. I'm not a big fan of the grape either, though. Some people want cherry. So, I don't know. Um, anyways, all right. So, uh, again, we have William on. So, we're, as always, we want to interview our guest, let you guys know who this is. Um, and so first, 
congratulations. I know you just got married two weeks ago. Um, how was the wedding? Was it beautiful? Was it even, there, yeah. even during COVID? It was awesome. Uh, we just did a, we just did a pretty small one. Um, it was just Ashley and I, and then, uh, both of our parents and grandparents and siblings. So it was like 15 of us. And then we're going to do like a big wedding with all of our friends and family next year, next July, um, down in San Diego. So that'll be a party. That'll be a fun one. Damn. That's really cool. Yeah. That is really intimate. That's awesome to hear. I mean, there's something that you talked about, uh, what is it like six or eight months ago, you were getting really excited about it. Hopefully hoping that COVID might end by then, but, uh, it's good to hear that it went well and that you got a big party plan. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it should be, it should be fun. And we made it two weeks, so we pretty much are set for life now. <laughs> First two weeks are the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been told. First two weeks after five years. Right. Um, well, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, you literally helped me fix my knee and, uh, I thought it was a knee issue. I got an MRI, got all these things and, uh, you've been a lifesaver for me. Uh, we did a Spartan race, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without you. Uh, that's why we really thought, I thought it'd be really great to have you on, especially as we're talking about physical health and knowing your body. Um, but why don't you tell a little bit about what you do and, uh, my background on who you are? Yeah. So, um, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I own a performance physical therapy practice called the Movement Shop um, in Los Angeles. And yeah, we basically help three groups of people. Um, those like functional fitness athletes. I know you guys like uh, on it a lot. Um, so people, you know, dealing with the functional fitness side of things like that, um, CrossFit runners and golfers are pretty much uh, the people that I work with. But yeah, we basically just kind of find areas that someone's like really tight in or maybe like they're lacking a little bit of strength and work to create really functional movement patterns so they can keep doing what they love without pain that's tight that's super awesome yeah i well i mean i i am a the tangible guy here so i really like i want to ask you like what's like the one tangible tip you can give people like who who don't have necessarily problems but to just move better in their everyday life and this is definitely a selfish question because i really want to apply it to my life (laughs) <laughs> no, I love that. Um, yeah, it's it's important. And I think the main thing would be just consistency, right? Like we all have, um, you know, you have like the 30 day fast or like the, the three day detox. And it's not that's not what it's about. It's about doing things for decades. Um, and, it, and if you can do that, then you're set. So for example, if uh, if you're a runner, right, something that we work a ton on is like your running mechanics and and like your hip extension, right? So all these different things that you need to work on daily for whatever your goal is. Um, so yeah, basically consistency, I would say. Nice. Consistency compounds. Wow, Love baby. it. Love <laughs> it. Um, so how'd you get into physical therapy? How'd you decide like, hey, I wanna do this versus the million other professions out there? So I, I actually wanted to be a psychologist when I was in high school. Um, and then I broke my knee playing football. <laughs> I, I had a fra- I fractured my tibia and um, ended up going to PT and fell in love with it. Um, met my PT, ended up becoming one of my mentors. And, um, and then from there, I just kind of totally switched from psych to, uh, to PT. Went to Long Beach State, got my undergrad and then got my doctorate down in San Diego. Came out of the, came out of school and saw that our healthcare system was pretty broken, and um, 
especially for people like us, right? Like, like late twenties, thirties, forties, um, trying to be athletes still, right. In some respect, like the weekend warrior kind of thing, balancing work and, uh, work and working out or whatever they want to do, golf, running, you know, et cetera. And, um, yeah, there was no place for them. And so I pretty much started my practice from there and that's kind of how it all started. And there's such a like mental side to it too. Cause like, as you mentioned, like you broke your knee, right. And like that psychology still is probably in practice like that you're working with all these people and, and like, like me, even when I was hurt, like, it was just like this detrimental thing. And like, until I could like start building consistency again, it was just such a rough thing. So like, do you have anything, any stories or anything you could talk about? Like, you know, how they're slowly just gaining confidence again and slowly just arising and uh, building up that uh, psychology and using that Good question. No, totally. Like I'm, I'm actually seeing someone right now who has been dealing with um, a hip issue and she, she just trains, right. She just does like functional fitness training um, at a gym, actually, you know, the blueprint, um, they're an awesome gym. And um, she's been frustrated. She's gone to like, you know, multiple practitioners, um, with different backgrounds, really focusing on like the soft tissue work and like the mobility. And, but until you like really get down to like the movement mechanics of it, it's like, you're just fighting symptoms. And when you weren't, when you're fighting symptoms, you get really down on yourself because it'll feel good for a day or two. And then it just comes right back. And then like you go into some squats or deadlifts and you know, you might feel good going into it. And by the end of it, your, your hips flared up again or your back or your knee, you know, whatever it is. And, um, so yeah, basically the mental side of it is huge. If you, if you get down on yourself, you kind of like lose focus. I know you guys are very like goal oriented and you kind of lose track of your goals. So there's a huge psychological factor to it. Yeah. yeah I, well, this is definitely, oh, go ahead, Connor. No, 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 go ahead. Finish your stuff. I was going to say, this is definitely a big teaser into our main topic. Um, so I want to change gears slightly. Uh, you mentioned goals and having goals. What are some of the goals that you have, uh, either professionally or personally, that you could uh, speak to? And how do you kind of track those things? So my personal and professional goals, I think, are pretty similar. Like, they go hand in hand together. Um, I'm not going to try to say the quote because I'm going to screw it up. But um, it's something about how, like, your work and your life, they should be intertwined together. Like, it should be you should be working with something that you love. And your life should be something that you love. And, and if passion drives both those things, then, you know, then you're winning. Right. And um, so, yeah, some goals is to just expand my my company, give really good, high quality care to all of our patients, um, hire on more performance uh, therapists that can, you know, just continue to drive our mission forward of basically saying like, hey, you know, you don't need to get lost in the healthcare system to continue doing what you love. You don't need unnecessary surgeries or injections or pain meds to, to continue doing what you love, whether it be running golfing or just working out. So that's pretty much like some of my, my long-term goals is um, just to create that kind of path in the healthcare system that, that it needs to go down. Love it. Yeah, those are some big goals. I mean, I really love that you said that your personal goals and your professional goals are one and the same because I think that's, like you said, really where you can see your life kind of shine because you don't have to worry about two different sides of you. It's just it's all it's all you, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
it's also pretty interesting because when we set our goals, I find mine to be more like I can attain that goal. But it seems like yours is very like broad where it's like a, it's a it's a long lasting achievement. Like it's not going to be a, obtained in a year. It, it's going to take constant years of constant practice of trying to be as perfect as possible to your mission statement. And I think that takes it a long way because a lot of our our age, you know, entrepreneurship is a very enticing uh, thing, working for yourself and doing what you love and trying to reach as many people as possible. How did you get started when you wanted to start your own business? Obviously, you found a purpose right away. Did you just jump in right away or did you have a part-time job while you were doing this? Like, what are some things that got you started and how did you get to where you are? So both. Right. I feel like um, like being an entrepreneur is like something that you're just born with. Like it's more of a disease than anything. Like if you have it, you, you have it. <laughs> I mean, like since I was a little kid, I was, you know, I was like selling candy on the playground or, you know, doing things like that, that like not normal kids do, like running compound interest formulas and geometry. Like, I was just like that weird kid, you know, Amazing. I had a t-shirt That's company somewhere. in high school, like just random things like that, that you know is going to come out eventually and if you know um i forgot which one of you guys said it but you were talking about passions and and how like you can go through different phases of your passions but like they're always there like even if they're dormant like they'll be re-exposed somehow um and so yeah like entrepreneurism is, is definitely in my blood since i was a kid um and when i graduated i started working part-time for a kind of a more traditional physical therapy practice um yeah like 15 to 20 hours a week but uh this i st i started i actually started my business while i was in school and then when i passed my boards um because you have to pass boards like a like a state licensing test and um by the time i passed that i was like full-fledged into the business and then a year later i had my like an actual office where you know it's just a standalone practice now um, and that's when I really went out on my own. So nice. back to the original question of like, how did it start? I don't know. I, I can't think of another way that I would have gone. <laughs> that's really cool. I think that's, that's, that's pretty special. Almost like uh, destiny in a sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you did, you did some uh, personal training, you've done CrossFit, you've kind of done a lot of different things throughout your career and you know, personally too. Do you want to, you have any, uh, anything you wanted to add from like a transitional statement? Like, Hey, I went from doing personal training to deciding, Hey, I want to do physical therapy. And like, that's my thing from there. Is there any transition or is there like, um, any reason you went down the personal training and then kind of flipped over? Yeah, totally. I went into the personal training. Uh, I think I was like 19 when I started personal training and I thought it would just really complement um kind of the path that i wanted to go down more of like the physical therapy side but you know it takes seven years to become a pt out of high school like you have to go undergrad which is four years or for people like me it's five <laughs> and then and then you have to go get your doctorate which is three years so um yeah like seven eight years and and you can go to school the whole time but you also need to one make some money and two dive into like your field. And I thought personal training would be kind of a perfect transition for that. So that's really how I got into personal training. 
That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, the interesting thing is, I think like a lot of physical therapists, like I, I haven't been to that many, so I wouldn't really know. But from my understanding, like what you add to the table is also like this background in CrossFit and background in all these different things, lifting, sports, et cetera, et cetera, and like you literally have a squat bar in your physical therapy office. And you literally have these <laughs> yeah. heavy weights and all these different things, which I don't think a lot of people have. And uh, yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not your grandma's physical therapy. It's, it's a little bit different. It's uh, We have loud music and, and a squat rack and kettlebells. And uh, it, it looks more like a CrossFit gym than it does a, like a rehab facility. <laughs> That's, how That's how it should fun. be, though. That's how it should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like... I, I did a lot of, uh, I worked in a lot of PT offices through college because originally that's what I wanted to do. I went uh, to Springfield and I started in the physical therapy program and I was like, nah, I don't want to do this because of experiences that I had. Because when I went to like the general PT clinic, it was, there's eight beds all curtained up and they do the same routine to the same people Yeah. and everybody's a little bit different. And so I was just seeing them going through this constant cycle I was like this is not what I want to do now if I had you know done something with you and saw what you're doing definitely would have inspired it because that's that's kind of the path that I want to take is just that starting from the ground up building building things and building things as in people um starting at young age and doing that stuff but anyway and just more of a rant than anything um, when I when I was doing PT, it was just frustrating because you see all these doctors and they spend all these years to do the same routine to every single person. It's like, no, this is not this is not what I'm signing up for. I uh, I have a question since William, since you're very clearly a goal oriented person, always been an entrepreneur in, early in your life, and you, now you're helping people with their their fitness related goals. Uh, I'm curious, do you have fitness related goals yourself? Because you spend so much time on the business and helping other people move around. But I'm curious for, you, for your own life, how do you apply it to yourself? Yeah, totally. And uh, before I answer that, I want to say, Connor, like, I'm so glad that you said that because that's like the whole reason that I, that I, that I did this. Because if you go into a traditional PT practice, you see, you know, people getting like ice, which I know we're going to talk about that eventually, how like we shouldn't actually ice an injury. It, it's going to slow down healing. The guy that said that was is like 1975, and then like 15 years later, he came out with another study that said, "Hey, actually, don't ice because it's yeah. slowing everything down." So I don't know why we're doing that, but yeah, you walk in and you see someone like stretching out someone's hamstring, and then they do some like like exercise like clamshells, and then they do like another seated exercise, and then they get ice at the end. And it's like that's not gonna fix any problem. Like we need to load a like load it up. Like we need to get stronger. We need stronger glute okay, time to goblet squat, right? Here's a 50 pound kettlebell. We're going to do some tempo squats. That's how people get stronger, right? That's how people heal from injuries. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. I've done uh, a lot of like self PT to myself in the past year or so, just working on, uh, obviously you heard Brenton talk about his shoulder and hip mobility um, through jujitsu last, last episode. You know, I've been, I've been working a lot on my hip mobility and just, to see the differences that I've had in a year just from doing simple things like that. I know a PT clinic wouldn't have done that. And I know that's not, I don't want to speak to every PT clinic because that's not true, but you know, the, the general practice where the MD refers you to go get physical therapy and your own workers comp, <laughs> you're going to yeah. be in PT for three months and you know, it's going to lay dormant. And then a year later, you're going to have to go back onto it. And so 
No, I, I really, I really, I really appreciate when you see people want to take care of people and want to get them better and, and see that care. That's, that's next level. You know, that's, that's what it should be every single time. And that's why the healthcare system is, is screwed up. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like I, we actually don't even talk to any med and any MDs, any medical doctors. We talk to gyms, we talk to golf pros, we talk to running groups. Um, my whole goal is to keep people out of the healthcare system unless we see red flags, right? Like there's pretty much four reasons that I'll tell someone to go get an MRI. Cause once you get an MRI, you're in the healthcare system. You're going down a path of pain meds, getting told to rest or ice, um, injections, or you're even like an unnecessary surgery. So like yep. there's yeah, four reasons. Yeah. In there. I, yeah. I got the, I'm the guy that got the MRI and was told to rest. And they're like, Hey, we're going <laughs> to recommend you to PT, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think I know a guy. I, what am I like? Kyle Flynn blueprint LA was like, Hey, you totally recommend this guy. He blasted you on Instagram. And I wrote down your name when I was in New York and I was like, I'm going home. When I go home, I'll get my MRI, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I got my MRI and I was like, yeah, let me go this other route. I, I'm just not, I'm not going to take any chances. If this guy recommends it, let me, let me see what's up. So yeah, I definitely think, uh, give it back to you, but I want to make sure to know I was that guy that got the MRI. Yeah, no, to yeah, totally. Like there's really four reasons. Like one, there's like some trauma, like you on a car accident, like something gnarly happened and we like need to rule out like fracture or something more serious. Right. Or if there's red flags, like if we think something systemic's going on, like someone has low back pain and they're not responding to anything, it's like, okay, let's make sure that something's not serious, like, you know, something like cancer or tumor or some other like red flag like that. That's when we really want an MRI. The third one is if your goal is to have surgery. If your goal is to have surgery, you're getting an MRI. The, the surgeon needs to see what it looks like. Number four, you're just dying to know what the inside of your body looks like. <laughs> but it's it's such a poor correlation with pain that i i discourage people to go get mris because if you go in for like a knee like knee pain the chance of having a meniscus tear is like 50 50 almost it doesn't mean that that's causing your knee pain it just means that the inside of your body has changed over time from all like the repetitive movements that you've done through it or like a disc bulge most people have one and most people don't have symptoms from it so it's, it's kind of interesting, but to go back to, to Derek's question about like my, my, um, like personal, like fitness goals. Um, I think what you said, Connor is a nice little segue of how you kind of started working on your, on your hip yourself. And like, you were getting some like high quality, uh, changes from that. I don't know if you guys know Kelly Starrett. Um, he's like the supple leopard. He owns the ready state. Um, that's basically what he promotes. So it's like self like soft tissue work or self like mobility drills with bands and lacrosse balls and voodoo bands and like all that kind of fun stuff. So that's kind of like part of my fitness goal is how can I improve my, my mobility and my strength for the things that I need to do. So like some of my goals is just to continue like the things that I love. I'm not a big gym guy. Like I don't work out, like I don't go to the gym to like get strong or like, do bicep curls in the mirror. Like, I, I don't care about that. It's, can I stay fit enough to surf and hike and run and sail and golf and do all the things that I actually like doing? Um, I call it like the silent sports, um, the sports that are like internally driven where you're competing against yourself. You don't need, there's not a crowd. You're like outdoors in nature. Um, so yeah, those are my fitness goals is 
is to be able to have enough mobility and strength to do the to do those things oh yeah that that sounds super tight i mean i i find that all the people who am around me that are actually fit and functionally fit have like related goals like that it's like no i just want to do the things i want to do and go have fun and play sports so that's I, I like that that's very smart i like that no it's i mean it's it's the best way to to be right i mean to have a like a goal of staying functionally like mobile until you're 90 is like what else matters you know like the thing like yeah okay we want to surf and play golf till we're 90 but we certainly like want to be able to just get up from a chair <laughs> you know and yeah. if you can't do that you certainly aren't playing golf or surfing right. or if you are you're doing it in pain <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly it's so funny that Derek, you mentioned his fitness goals because when I was in there in his office, it's funny because I was like, do you have a paddleboard in here? And he's like, yeah, I just go paddle in the middle of the day sometimes when I don't have any clients. Like during my lunch break, I was like, well, that's wild, dude. Like the oh, fact yeah. that you're able to do that, it's, just, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So my, where my office is, it's like right in the marina. So like the like the ocean is 20 feet from like my front, my front door. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Awesome. Wait. In, uh, did you say it was in Pedro? Or yeah. Where, where? Nice. Yeah, in San Pedro. That's awesome. That's so sick. Yeah, yeah it's a cool, such a, oh man, it's such a sick spot. All right. So last question of our interview. <laughs> I know we have been really deep there. Last question of the interview. How do you define success? So I, I've been preparing this answer. I knew you guys <laughs> were going to ask it. <laughs> and so I, I have a couple things. Um, the first thing is if you made the world a better place by the time you're done doing what you did, that's pretty successful. If you change someone's life in a positive way, that's pretty successful. And if you've changed your life in a positive way, that's pretty successful. So I don't really have like a monetary, uh, like success, um, kind of like protocol that I follow, but, um, if I, if it creates some time freedom for me, some money freedom for me, and then leaves the world a better place, that's uh, that's successful. And I'm talking about like in any venture that you're doing. So for me, it's obviously, you know, creating this company that I've, that I've made this performance-based physical therapy. Um, so if, if I do those three things, time freedom, money freedom, and, and make people's lives a little bit better, that's a success. That's awesome, man. Dude, yeah, big I mean, snaps, dude. That was that was awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I've been usually we would, <laughs> well, usually we jump into our year segment. Um, we're obviously not going to be all able to do that this month, and we're taking the next two or three weeks off. Uh, but we're going to switch it up. Derek has some pretty big news. We're going to dive into that. Um, he met one of his goals, and uh, I'm going to pass it over to him. Let you guys let him talk about it, and uh, we'll just ask some questions, do some follow ups from there. Yeah. So um, I posted on our Instagram, but the big news is uh, not only did I get a couple offers as of two days ago, I have signed one of the offers. Woo, so... baby. Get it, kid. <laughs> yeah, super, super exciting. I will be starting work in about three weeks on May 3rd. And I don't know, it's just, it was, it was a wild week. I knew coming into this week, it was going to be like the week that shit was going to happen. And and boy, did it happen because it was a lot of a lot of pressure, especially like having different companies um, make make good offers and liked both of them. But um, 
I'll tell you a little bit about the company and then I'll let you guys ask me any questions. So the company I will be working for is called Anvil. Uh, if you want to check out the website, it's useanvil.com. Pretty much the gist is they're trying to eliminate PDFs from the world. And I, when I say PDFs, it's like, like uh, when you fill out documentation, not documentation, like uh, paperwork, like when you go to the DMV and you have a, they give you a PDF either in paper or the actual format, instead of like filling out that PDF and like finding everywhere you do it, you upload that PDF to a service and they'll just ask you a series of questions in a web form. So it's like super simple. You don't have to like really worry about like reading. I mean, you should read the fine print, but it makes it makes the user experience of the web form really easy. So that way you just know exactly what to do. And that's, I, if you know me, there's a lot of problems I get frustrated about and paperwork is one of them. I freaking hate paperwork. So if I can, if I can eliminate it, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think that would fit into uh, William's definition of success, making the world a little bit better, better place. Well, Connor mentioned it the other day, I'm probably stealing his thunder, but it probably, it also maps to your green goal a little bit too, right? True. Yeah, dude, if I can uh, eliminate paper and, and save the trees, I'm all for it. So I, Derek, that's awesome, man. Congrats on uh, getting that job. And that actually hits really close to home for me because Ashley and I just, uh, we just bought a house and the paperwork that was involved in that was an absolute nightmare. It was like <laughs> stacks of paper. Oh. So like your green goal and time efficiency, man, that's, that, what a better company to work for. Oh yeah. I love to, I mean, I, I'm sorry you went through that, but I'm, I love to hear that. Hopefully I'll solve that. Congratulations on purchasing the house, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just, well, it's just a, a condo. Little. It's a condo. It was, it was really subtle, though. You just kind of just threw it in there really subtly. Congrats. <laughs> well, she mostly uh, bought it. I just signed it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Derek, uh, let's backtrack a little bit. So, you've had this entire journey to get to this point. Can you just walk us through maybe some of the high-level steps, high-level things that you went through to, to even get to this point? Yeah. So setting the scene, uh, I studied computer science in school, always wanted to build websites, but I got my first big boy job out of school and got paid a pretty, pretty decent salary and it was a good job. And I had a lot of good mentors and it was a good company with a lot of benefits. So I worked there for four years. Um, but I think in the past, like 2020, even before the pandemic started, I started thinking, I was like, Hey, wait, I'm not really doing what I want to do, even though this is a good company and like, yeah, if I work for them forever, sure, I'll be set. But it really wasn't the type of work I wanted to do. And then they didn't offer the career track that I that I wanted. So I started doing stuff on the side. Um, the pandemic hit, so it kind of blew my plans to quit out of the water. And even though everyone told me I shouldn't quit during a pandemic, I just I, there was yeah there was a there was a project I got on that like really really emphasized to me like you are not doing what you need to be doing. And it was really terrible. I was stressed. It was just not a good experience. So I quit and voluntarily chose to be unemployed during this whole global pandemic. And it was it was stressful up front because it was obviously like, I don't know if I'm doing the right decision, but I decided to pursue web development in its in its finest and did a boot camp to learn a little bit more in a formal setting. And just been doing a ton of different projects, um, small projects here and there, ones that I hope will actually take off at some point. But yeah, so it's been, I think, seven or eight months without a job, which mental side of that is obviously up and down. But um, my original plan was start working in March and I'll be starting in May. So there's also that side of it where I, I get beat, beat myself up, but the, the end result is exactly what I wanted. I'm working for a startup. I'm going to be working my ass off and getting a ton of experience 
in the field that I want, building websites, building the visual side of websites, which is super, super exciting for me. And I, I can't wait. Very exciting, bro. Very exciting. Yeah. Long awaited awesome. too, but patience, right? Although we didn't complete it in March, right? You get it in May. Those two months are going to look like nothing in five years from everything that you've done. So pretty, pretty cool, dude. I'm excited for to see Anvil blow up because they are, which is dope. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned there's like a mental, mental piece to this. What was the mental piece? Like talk us through that. You, just, you, you said you felt up and down. Let's talk about that. It's, it's, it's kind of in line with the podcast in the sense of like, we're on this journey towards success and we know we're going to get, no, I, I can't say no one, obviously no one knows for sure, but we know in our heart of hearts, we're doing the right things as long as we're going towards that version of, of success. But there's still a very like tangible day-to-day angst of, am I making the right decision? Especially when I left this nice cushy job that pays well, that my mom was like, yeah, you have a 401k and all your benefits. I'm a, I'm a proud mother. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm leaving all that to literally have nothing going next. Um, it was just tough the, the day in and day out of like, oh man, you know what? Maybe I should go back. Maybe I should give up. And like, this isn't right. Like, you know, everyone's doing their thing. I just need to have a career. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, but I will say, I mean, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but like talking to you guys about this every week and all the time about like, keep going and like, just, you know, you have this bigger goal. Sure, there's no end in sight right now, but you're gonna make it. Literally like two weeks before I got these job offers, I was going through hell. I remember all of March on the podcast, I was just like, this is so shitty. I don't even wanna do this, but I need to like keep being in front of the computer. And even though I keep getting rejections, just gotta kind of keep trogging along and as long as I kept doing it, it, it turned out great, but boy, was it tough. There are some days I was like riding so high too. I was like, this is so much fun. I love what I'm doing. Like, this is so much fun and exciting when the projects I'm working on. And other days I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to do this. Let me just get like, give me a good coffee. Let me get like five scoops of ice cream, yeah. whatever. I, I, don't, I don't care. What an emotional roller coaster that is. Dude. I think the, I think the fact that you guys have this like accountability team, like, weekly is is insane man like yeah like you said you don't you can't like control like outcomes of things but like you have to control the controllables and give yourself the best opportunity for that success and by creating this you guys have you know you you set yourself up for success just through accountability Mm. you hear that fans you hear that team go and create (laughs) your own community (laughs) yeah no it's awesome man it's inspiring to see oh thanks appreciate awesome. that. I, I definitely agree. I, uh, it's at the very least having some sort of regular check-in with yourself or with other people, just some sort of like regular cadence helps a lot. Actually, a good example is that, um, when I was making the decision between the two or between the two companies, when I first got the offer, an immediate sense of like, am I worth it came over me, which is really weird. I'm not weird, but like, it's kind of natural for a lot of people. It's like, I don't know if I deserve this. What if I mess it up? It's, it was just like all the negative emotions. And then I took a second, I was like, I realize I'm my own narrator, right? I need to like frame it as a way, like if I talk to people saying like, I'm so worried, that's eventually gonna consume me. Just like I'm worried and eventually if I keep thinking like that, I am gonna mess it up. So what I actually did is I busted out our old uh, mind journal from, I had to go digging way, way back into my, my chest of, of things and I journaled. I literally just, I wrote down like, hey, I didn't think I was gonna be using this in 2021, but I, I just need to check in with myself. And you know what, I like, I am worried and all these things, but you got this, like, as long as you're 
keep keep talking that talk and keep being confident. And at the end of it, I literally wrote, "You are a badass," and you know, I, I felt immediately better. You know, I was like, "I got this. This is this is what I'm supposed to do." What does that thing on your whiteboard say behind you? Oh, that was me being silly. Have you guys seen that Shia LaBeouf uh, video of him like screaming at you? No, no. Oh, man, I've seen it's, it. It's pretty. It's <laughs> good. It said, "It says, don't let your dreams be dreams." There you go. That's true. And don't let your imposter syndrome take over either, man. I what a piece of advice that I got that that like has been super helpful because so like I'm I'm 28. I, I started my business and I'm competing with you know people that are. 35 40 you know plus and um like imposter syndrome is real man and someone gave me the the piece of advice of act how you are five years from now like however you like whoever you want to be five years from now act like that person like if you have you know this huge company by then act like him and then that just you know that confidence just like shines through and 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 people feel it for sure that's great. I love that advice for any at any age, really. Damn, I think about that, and I think about if I had given heard that advice and took it to heart when I was sixteen. You know, that's that's game changer. Twenty one oh, yeah. to twenty six, unbelievable. Yeah, that's I love that quote actually. Thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, uh, one question here about. Dude your your journey um what what advice would you give somebody that you know was in the same position as you were like maybe didn't necessarily enjoy their job it wasn't their dream or that is currently going through that job grind that job application grind what advice would you give that person yeah um good question so i just want to make sure i'm it's uh, i'm getting the time period right it's that they're they're in the job application process they're looking they're already inspired to keep going or what's the either one uh either a they're they're in the middle of this pandemic they're looking for a new job they're looking for a job or they're currently not doing the thing they love okay i'll take the 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 latter first which is if you are even remotely thinking about doing something else like don't don't push it off don't be like oh i got work in front of me like go explore it in some right that you don't necessarily have to quit your job and go chase it right right away because i started venturing off into front-end engineering before the pandemic and i was like learning it on the side and then i in like nine months later in september i quit and that's like really what got the spark going so just start and take it seriously and like realize that that could be a really passion big passion in life um the other side of that is if you are looking for a job and you are kind of in that grind during pandemic um like don't don't feel like you have to be doing something 24 7. i i fall into that trap all the time and I know you're in the middle of fighting the biggest fight of your life, but just do what you can in the time that you can, and then give yourself some time to watch some TV, just relax, like everything going on in your life will pass. And all of this stress you're feeling is largely artificial. Like, like we, we as humans, I'm getting off into some, some tangential stuff, but we as humans, like we have no, there's no real danger in your life anymore, right? Like there's not actual animals out there trying to kill you like everything is in your head relax take take it one day at a time and things will work out i promise you you just gotta keep going keep giving your effort yeah when i was listening when, when i was reading the uh, power of positive thinking it's like you know one of the worst things already happened to you you know you lost your job and that, that's huge that's that sucks um 
but you're, you still should be grateful for all these other things around you. And you need to take time to enjoy these other things. You can't just you know, forget about them. Your family's still there. Your friends are still there. Like all these other things around you still. So I think it's really powerful what you said. I think you, you had a great journey. The journey's still going. You're grinding. I think we're all really proud of you, man. We're, we're really excited for, for what's next. This startup, you're going to be unbelievably grinding. Hopefully you have time for us still. Um, just kidding, <laughs> you have to. Um, <laughs> uh, but with that, let's. I know we've already teased this quite a bit. Um, let's get into the main topic today. Uh, so again, uh, today's episode is about knowing your body. Again, we have William here. So I want to direct the question to you. What does it mean to know your body? What does it mean to know your body? So something that we say at, at the movement shop all the time is if you can't track it, you can't change it. So just knowing like what you need for like your performance metrics. So if you, you know, if your goal is like to be a couch potato, you don't, you don't really need to know much, right? If your goal is to be like a high level athlete, you need to know the inside and out of everything from like what's going in your body, nutrition, your sleep, your stress, right? Your movement patterns. Um, and if you just want to be like thriving in, in whatever you're doing, like, uh, you know, going on a three mile run once a week, you still need to know that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, if, if you can't, if you can't track, it, you can't change it. And I know we talked about whoop a little bit. Um, and that's a company that, that I really like. Um, and their, their motto is something along the lines of like, if you don't like, we know so much about like the outside of our body, but like, we don't know much about the inside of our body and that's how we need to progress. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I call it the four pillars of health. Um, it's your sleep, your stress, your nutrition, and your movement. And, um, and those, and, and there should really be a fifth one. And I have some friends who, who incorporate this and, and I would too. And, and that's relationships. Um, so yeah, having like those four things that, that you can really control and the relationships like you guys have in this podcast, holding each other accountable. Um, I think that that goes a long way with, with knowing your body and, and knowing like what it's capable of. Yeah. I mean, to say that was, I, I like that, that, those four pillars a lot. I wrote that down because I, I, realize I focus on the sleep, somewhat the stress and nutrition, but I definitely do not focus on the movement as much as I should. I kind of just like, you know what, let me just go running. But I, I uh, definitely need to. So I'm glad you shared that. With how how yeah. funny is it that we spend so much time learning about other things, because that's going to benefit us, but we don't even spend the time to know ourselves. And we always talk about wanting to be able to do things when we're older. You know, you look at the, the generation now that is 60 plus the retirement community and you know a lot of them are not moving well because they spent most of their life learning and doing other things and so when we talk about knowing your body i see that and i say you know of course i'm going to get to that age but i want to be able to do the things that i'm doing now maybe not at the the, the amount of speed and power but want to be able to freely move. And for me to do that, I have to know myself. So I have to create a relationship with myself to say, Hey, I can't do this today because my whoop statistics are telling me, you know, your body's worn down, like take a break. And that's where I've started to really enhance my relationship, where I know my body, where I can push myself when I know I'm being in my own way, when I know I'm being lazy, or if I'm doing this strategically, because I have things coming up. I think that's 
that's what's so crazy to me is that we've spent so much time thinking of doing other things that we're our own self and we barely even know it. And that's why as we expand with this like tech era, we're learning so much more about our body as well. Like we're getting to the nitty gritty. I talk about, you know, toe flexibility all the time. And I was talking to some person in our gym that, you know, has, doesn't need to know that stuff. And but I was like, that's how far we've come in knowing our body. I was talking to Brenton about this, that I can talk about my toe flexibility and how that helps with my balance and how I'm, how I'm able to grip the ground with my feet and get to know my feet a little bit more. You know, it's so, so interesting that you can get in depth in that ways. And it's, I'm excited to see where this, you know, industry goes in the next 20 years and how much we've learned about ourselves and all this tech is helping us do that. And I think that's really cool. So it's a, you're, we're in a big opportunity right now where you can learn a lot about your body if you really spend some time on it, you know? Speaking of tech, uh, William, I know you use a lot of different tech uh, within your uh, professional, within the movement shop and uh, obviously personally with the whoop band, what kind of things do you use to help know your body better? Yeah, so I mean, I think the wearables are are definitely huge. Like like Connor was saying, like the technology that is uh, like coming out now. Like the fact that we can throw something on our wrist and it's tracking us twenty four seven for like our vitals, <laughs> like our sleep and uh, and our strain and and like whether we're recovering well or whether our respiratory rate's really high. Like I don't know if you guys saw what Whoop is doing with with COVID, but they're tracking respiratory rates. And they're seeing spikes in, in respiratory rate, like, you know, a couple breaths per minute. And then like three days before people were getting COVID symptoms. So they go get tested before, like it was, I mean, it's crazy what technology is doing now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the wearables are huge. Like I think the whoop band is, is huge. Um, as far as other technology, like, I mean, we do like running analysis or like, like a golf swing analysis. So we'll set up like an iPad on, on a tripod and hit someone from the side and from the back, looking at them run on a treadmill. And, you know, I know Connor was talking about toe flexibility, which is huge in runners, right? Like how well can your, can your toe extend backwards to be able to, to be able to uh, propel you forward? Um, you know, if it, it's crazy. Like you can have a toe issue and that'll lead to like plantar fascia issues, like tibial rotation issues, which can lead to like knee pain. We were talking about meniscus earlier. Uh, it can lead to like a poor ability of your hip to internally and externally rotate. Um, it, it, it can lead to like a cascade of issues or like in the NFL, you hear like um, turf toe all the time, mm-hmm. toe flexibility, right? That tendon's just pissed. <laughs> and and, it, and it'll take, look at like AJ green, man. He's, he's it, like ruined his career almost. Yeah. And um, so I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah. So with, um, like technology like you can get someone on in a slow-mo camera and like they're running strides on a treadmill and break down the running mechanics i know we did that with you rich and it was it was awesome man yeah i mean told me uh a lot of things i mean you can go through my entire diagnosis i mean we thought it was a hip thing we did the runners we did the running analysis we um we realized like hey you don't use your big toe as much as when you like squat you know you did all these things um, just to figure out, you know, oh, you have a calf problem. <laughs> your yeah. knees hurt because your calf, your calves are so tight, yeah. and there's a bunch of things wrong with your calf. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's cool, like like going through a, like an evaluation with someone. Uh, you'll pull all these all these like you'll find all these different problems, right? Everyone has some movement issue 
they're weak somewhere, they're tight somewhere. But the fun part is connecting that with their issue, right? Because just because someone has like tight hips doesn't mean that they're going to have low back pain or knee pain. But if they have like, if they're limited in their hip extension and they're going into running and they don't have the ability to move the hip backwards, it's going to have to come from somewhere above or below the, the back or the knee. And so someone else who has tight hips that they don't need that, it won't bother them their whole entire life probably. So it's cool like being able to peel like layers of the onion back to get down to the root cause. And then once you find that, you just attack it at full force and eliminate the problem, then the problem has gone. And so that, yeah, that was fun working with you uh, for sure. Yeah. One of the things that you used, um, I don't know what it was called, but you had this app on your phone and it was literally showed the different layers within your body. It showed your muscles and then it showed your tendons and it showed your bones, like all the way, all the way down. And you were literally, what was great about the movement shop was being able to sit there and you literally showing me how everything connects. You're like, Hey, your knee hurts because this muscle in your calf is connected to this part of your knee, this part of your quad in your quadrants. This is why, and being able to point it back uh, is really interesting. And it was really cool to be able to see that and be able to be like, Oh, that makes sense. And it was really cool. Having that visual system is, is huge. Like what you guys were just talking about with like knowing your body, we like how many people actually know what like the inside of their body looks like and like what connects to what and, and, and like how that can lead to this other problem. Like we have one body for our whole entire lives. Like as of now, there's no body transplants, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so like knowing your specific body and like your limitations and, and that kind of thing, is is huge and that's one of my favorite parts like when people come in for an evaluation and we like dive in and i and i pull up the app and i show them you know this muscle attaches here and this and this and this the more you know the better like you can rehab because outside of our office you think about it and now you know what's happening and then that just translates into like when you're walking when you're playing golf when you're getting out of a chair when you're going upstairs or you know whatever it is you actually have a solid understanding of it because you like someone took the time to actually show it to you um, rather than like, again, like bringing up the MRIs, like this is what your body looks like in an image while you're laying on your back. That doesn't tell us anything about when you're in a golf swing, you know, or, or, or whatever, like it, it looks completely different. And um, so, yeah, that was a little tangent, but um yeah, knowing the inside of your body, like you guys said, is key. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I like I wanted to actually bring back something you talked about briefly in your interview, which is like go, going to the doctor, being in the medical system itself, like isn't the best thing. And I feel like that's because a lot of people, they don't know their bodies and they kind of have no inclination to learn about their bodies. They're just like, let me go somewhere else. Let me just like go to someone that is trained in this and let me just not think about it, which it's totally incorrect. And I, I it, it's just so in, interesting hearing you talk about this because I'm already learning so much like about different ways to move. Um, and I, I just, I, I want us to go down that path. I don't want us to like sh sham the medical system because obviously if you need to go, go. But I think that's a really good place people need to realize that the accountability with themselves, you know? No, totally. And like our our medical system is, is amazing with certain things like acute issues, right? If you have a heart attack, you're going to the hospital <laughs> if you're in a car accident you're going to the hospital like if there's some sort of trauma that is like very acute in nature 
you're going. And, and they're, and they're probably going to save your life for it. You know, like that's where we thrive, where we have issues is more like chronic issues. Like, like if you have a shoulder issue that develops from bench pressing in the gym, that's not a traumatic injury. That's you're doing too much too fast after doing too little for too long. That's that kind of an injury. And, um, and if, and if we went in for that and, and we went in, got an MRI and, you know, you're going to get pain meds, you're going to get told to rest, you're going to get injections. That's going to make the problem worse over time. And you're going to get an image that's going to basically say, Hey, you have this fault and, and it's, and it, you know, it's going to backtrack you a lot. And I think the whole thing with, um, where our healthcare system needs to go in that is more like empowerment in the sense of, Hey, you have this thing that showed up on an image or you have this pain and problem that is kind of slowing you down. I just want you to know that your body is extremely resilient and it will one heal itself if we put it in the right environment and two, we can strengthen up everything around it so that it's going to be supported and now it has a team working on itself. Um, so I think, I think that's huge. That's great. That's and so much empowerment right there. I think a lot of people, they just don't know themselves, so they, they frighten up, and that's why they go to these people to, to heal them, and they don't take the time to learn about it because, one, they probably have the it-won't-happen-to-me mentality until it does happen to them. Then they don't bother to learn about it because they're probably pissed and frustrated and stressed because the injury happened, and they just let the rehab happen. They don't want to know if, I, if it can happen again, how can I prevent it from happening again. So I think that's why it's really important too to know your body well enough to maybe try to heal it itself and not get too stressed if something does happen or not get angry at yourself because you know your your back hurt as you get at, got out of the sea. You know, take the time to learn about that stuff so those unnecessary stresses don't affect your life. And that's kind of what I'm living by that that triple digit lifespan type of attitude where I'm trying to be 110 and still walking around with my great great grandkids. You know. Yeah, no, totally. And like, like, like you said, having a good understanding of it is, is key. Um, because like, if someone has back pain, you know, back pain can be scary, you know, like, you can't move like you're you can't walk for like three days, right? And you're like, did I just like explode a disc in my back? Like, am I about to be paralyzed? You go into this like, negative thinking, like, like we talked about earlier. And in most cases, it's like, you have like a like spasming muscle back there because it wasn't strong enough to support the demand that was placed on it and whatever activity that you were doing, whether it be like bending over and twisting to put a sock on or like a huge like baseball swing. That muscle yeah. couldn't withstand the demand and then it seized up, but it's a big muscle and it controls like most of your movement. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like having like a cramp in your hamstring that won't go away. And if we get like an image for it, Chances are you have a bulging disc in there somewhere from something that happened in your life. And then it gets blamed on that. And then you get this huge cascade of other problems that develop down the line of, you know, like going to see some practitioner that says, oh, you have a disc issue. We need to rest and ice and stem and back surgery and all these other things. That's like, no, we just need to get your back stronger. <laughs> yeah. I, I also, I think, you know, back in the day, PE was kind of useless. In education it's a great opportunity to teach a kid how to squat how to how to know their body you know kids are brilliant we we undermine their ability so much and it's a shame because if we had real education 
during the PE, the mandatory PE classes, and they didn't just have us go run a mile as fast as you can and watching their ankles hit each other, watching their hands fly <laughs> each other. You know, the movement is ridiculous, but they got their exercise in. Give them applause for the PE teacher. Like that, I look back on a lot of that, and I'm like, damn, we, we, one, we just didn't know. You know, I think those PE teachers weren't doing that on purpose. That's what they were taught. But, you know, as we as we evolve in this in this industry, I think now we should see a lot of the PE classes, the mandatory ones, be more educated on what movement actually is and how necessary it is. So you don't develop a ongoing pattern for 20 years, hit your 40s and say, oh, I haven't moved in a long time. And then you have terrible movement patterns from a kid that have been engraved in you. And it's so tough to change the adult because they just don't have that, you know, neurochemical going through their head to allow them to change. And I'm just ranting because I just get more frustrated with how poor movement is sometimes and how people just, ah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, hey, let it out, man. This is why we have a podcast. You're passionate. <laughs> You're passionate. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I just want to, I want to put a, a real life example to Connor's frustration about PE. Um, the Fowlers were great. I love the Fowlers. They, they, they were the exemplar uh, PE oh, middle back school. Back middle school. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the story I have, do you guys remember when I broke my collarbone playing soccer like sixth grade? Mm-hmm. I, I showed up to PE one day and I literally was in a sling with a broken collarbone and I had a note and I gave it to the teacher. I forgot her name, but she was like, no, I don't believe you. And she still made me like do jumping jacks and like <laughs> run with it. And I was like, I, I was pissed. I was like, what, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. So I told my mom and she's like, I don't have to tell you. And the teacher ended up giving me like a U for behavior. And I was like, I was 11. I was like, am I the- you <laughs> forgot am about I those like, letters. Am I like, I, I thought I was, since I was injured, I shouldn't be doing this stuff. And it was just, it just goes to show like how backwards some, some PE classes are. And it, I, as you can tell, I'm still frustrated as well. But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the tough part, man. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, we learn everything through, through school. It's a mandatory thing. That's where you grow a lot. And I think it's important to, to know how to move your body efficiently and effectively for a long time. Uh, a squat is the most important one. Like William said, you know, you're, you're getting up out of the chair all the time. You're getting up out of your bed all the time. And those are, you know, consistent things that need to be a proficient unconscious movement, you know? Yeah, totally. And like, I, I tell people this and, and they always like, look at me kind of weird. I've never had a person come in to my office with back pain where we didn't end up deadlifting because it's going to build up that whole entire posterior chain so that you don't have back pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, so people always look at me funny and, and it, but it, but then everyone leaves and their back feels good. And not only does it feel good, but they're resilient. So it doesn't happen again. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you can pick up 135 pounds from the floor with a, with a, you know, a good deadlifting posture, there's no way you're hurting your back. Your, your back's too resilient. It's too and, strong to be, to get hurt. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend talk about, again, sorry, sorry to bash the healthcare system again, but you know, you have somebody with, with lower back pain and they go to their doctor and what does the doctor say? Don't do anything. Don't do anything for yeah. two weeks. Just lay there and it'll go away. No, it'll subside for a little bit. It'll still be that little resonating red dot that you see pulsing on images. And then all of a sudden it's going to flare up again. And that's when real pain starts to happen. But again, don't mean to bash. 
just uh, just venting. <laughs> no, yeah, and like 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 we said, like our healthcare system does an awesome job with acute problems, mm-hmm. low back pain because you don't move enough and you have a weak low back and you don't eat well, you're sleeping, you're not sleeping well, you're stressed out. That's not a Western medicine issue, <laughs> at all. That's uh, hey, like, you know, get get self care. Like, yeah, get yeah. your yeah yeah care for your own health. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, yeah, I mean, we, I think we talked about that a lot in previous podcasts with like the self-love the for your for yourself to, to benefit yourself, how to improve yourself because you want to, not because of an outside source telling you that you need to be this way or this, do this. Like you want to do it personally because that's exactly what you want. And that's that self-care and that self-love enough to, to grow in that sense. Yeah, we call it a we call it a lack of healthy behaviors disease. A lot, of, a lot of low back pain. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, uh, I know you work with a lot of weekend warriors. Um, is there different advice that you give, you know, us weekend warriors that you would give uh, mom and dad who are just trying to take care of their kids and, and they're growing up and, and uh, do, you, do you give different advice or is it always the same, do you think? It's always different. No, no one, it's never the same advice because everyone has different problems, right? If you start like getting like a cookie cutter approach where like everything's the same, then you become like all the other like high volume practices that everyone's the same and it doesn't work um, because not everyone's the same. I mean, everyone can get a little stronger. Everyone could like get a little bit more quality sleep. Everyone could eat a little bit better. Everyone can manage their stress a little bit better. But each person has a has a separate issue, right? Like maybe someone's sleeping nine hours a night, really high quality sleep, but they're not moving throughout the day. Well, that's a movement issue. Or maybe there's like an athlete that's, you know, in shape, they're running, you know, 30 miles a week and, but they're not sleeping well. Well, that's not a movement issue. It's a sleeping issue. Hmm. Well, it's not, even, it's not a movement mechanics issue. It's a sleeping issue or, or maybe everyone's really good, but like their left hip is a lot weaker than their right hip. Well, we're not going to spend time talking about sleep. We're going to spend time working on their left hip. So yeah, no, everything's a little bit different, but for the weekend warriors, like find ways to move throughout the day. Like I call it movement snacks. Like, you know, we have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. And then in between that, we go like little snacks here and there. So a movement snack is say it's like nine 30 and you've been at the office for an hour and a half. Can you get up for five minutes and like just do 30 squats or like 10 pushups or like some 3d lunges, just get moving and then get back to work. And then an hour and a half later, another movement snack, you know? Uh, so yeah, movement snacks for weekend warriors is that's my number one advice. Probably my best advice on the podcast. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I wrote it down to use in the gym <laughs> for, all, for all my people. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Little catchy things like that is what helps people remember things. Oh, and when it's funny and, and two words, it's so easy. That's what uh, Richie was talking about with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, I don't know if it was on a podcast or we were just in the, in the, just talking on ourselves, but uh, yeah, it's important to just find those little snippets that can stick to you. What's I love that. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like the rice method, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could dive into that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to rest, ice, compress, or elevate. <laughs> Actually, I guess elevation is not that bad if you're doing it with movement, but. Uh, and like we need a rest occasionally, right? That's when things heal. Like if you just sprain your ankle, don't uh, like in the next five minutes go like 
run on it to to move it. But you should definitely be like moving it, like pump it, you know, and then like the first few minutes, like just get it moving um, yeah. and stay away from ice. Like unless you're someone that's like, you're going to like have to pry this ice from my cold dead hands. Like I love ice. Like it's not that big of a deal, but if you don't like ice, don't use it for injuries. Um, it, it reduces blood flow and what heals things, high quality blood flow. So why would you want to restrict something that's going to heal it? So yeah, that's my thoughts on, on yeah. That. Actually, I'm I'm curious. So is is compression also poor? I I'm, I I've never heard if it is or not. So I mean, it depends. Like if we have high swelling and we need to like drag some swelling out, you can do like a compression wrap to like drive it. Like the ankle, for example, it's gravity is always pulling fluid down into the ankle, and so if you want to compress it, as long as it doesn't restrict your movement. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Interesting. But yeah, like like moving is is key because that's gonna improve blood flow, um, and and not lead to like things stiffening up. Um, I don't know why I always think of an ankle when I hear rice. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's common. Yeah, it's so everybody common. sprains their ankle. Totally, and sprains. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, movement. I think movement is medicine. Um, now you do have to remember that like there is like actual tissue healing that's happening. So like if we have a slight tear in, in a ligament or a tendon or something like that, you're going to have swelling. And like, we don't want to have a, a ton of like stagnant swelling. And that's why people think that ice is the best way to go. But also movement kind of increases blood flow in and out of the area. So that'll kind of help drag some of that junk out that your body uses to, to heal. And then like dumps it out as a byproduct it'll help drag it out of the area to actually reduce the swelling that way. Mm. But you actually have to let your body heal still, right? Like I got like the analogy of, um, you know, like if it's going to take a certain amount of time to heal something, like you can't speed it up. Like you, you can make it more efficient um, and, and you can help to not slow it down. But, and I'm, I'm not a baker, but I like this analogy. Like if there's a, if the recipe calls for, and again, I have no idea if this is true. If a recipe calls for, you know, if you want to bake a cake, you have to put it in the oven at 350 degrees for 20 minutes. Uh, you can't just throw it to 700 degrees for 10 minutes and, and it, it becomes the same. Like there's actually a, a healing process that your body has to go through with a timeline. So, yeah. It's a really good analogy. Let me just say. Yeah. I was, was going to say that's, that's, that's really good. <laughs> well, they help people comprehend things, especially if it's something they don't know. Yeah, yeah. totally. And it helps like, I think one of the issues is like the fear mongering about it. Like, like, Oh, you hurt your back. Okay. Don't bend, lift or twist. Like just brace mm. your core. Like don't move it. And it's like, okay, your back is a lot more resilient than that. You know? Um, like let's, let's encourage some pain-free movement. Um, you know, don't push it into like high pain levels. If you're at like a one to a four out of 10, like you're fine. Right. Just keep moving. It's going to get better. It'll loosen up. Um, rather than saying like, oh, you have a, you have a three millimeter disc bulge and that can be compressing on your spinal cord and that can lead to like paralysis. It's like, not really, <laughs> not really. Like, let's keep moving. Yeah. We have a lot of people in our, uh, our studio that come in and very stiff. You know, I think that's a very common thing with the general population is you see a lot of stiffness because they just don't move and they don't want to work on flexibility or anything like that. How would you, I know probably the answer is going to be consistency, 
but how would you go around to those weekend warriors, to those people that want to stay active but have, you know, really demanding jobs that require them to be stagnant? What kind of advice would you give to them that would allow them to create motion for themselves? Or are there any, like, mobility training sets that you like or flexibility routines? Is, is there anything on that line that somebody like that can, can really do on their off time or in a movement snack, so to say? Yeah, totally, like... And that's where someone like you can come in really handy for them. Like you can do perform like a movement screen on them and like find where they're Mm -hmm. stiff and give them like two, like maybe three things that they enjoy doing. So they'll actually do it. And that will help with their problem directly. So like say like if they're, if they're like a desk jockey, you know, like they're at a desk all day and um, you know, typically they have like, (laughs) yeah, typically you have like that rounded shoulders, like the stiff mid back something to open up the front of the shoulder, something to get some like mid back extension. Literally those two things will make a world of difference for them. And like, if you can find two things that they enjoy doing that they get pretty quick results from, they'll definitely do it. Like people don't mind doing things that they enjoy doing. Right. Yeah. So if, if you give them like this complex exercise, like this complex movement pattern that they don't understand and they don't understand the benefit of it, and it may be super beneficial to them, but so would like laying over a foam roller and extending your back, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that feels good. Throw, start with that, like start small. That way you can stay consistent because it's just like goals. I know you guys are big on goals. If you set this big goal that is not attainable and, and the, you, you start to like lose track of it and, and you kind of give up on it. But if you start a small goal that you can hit consistently over time daily, they're much more likely to hit it. So something small, that's going to be beneficial. Awesome. Bam. It's been a pretty crazy podcast. We've gotten really deep. I was, I was wondering if Connor was going to start asking more questions about the gym and how he can start to relate some of this back. But uh, I think he's going to Dude, I love this stuff. There. I'm like fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I... I don't know. Actually, I had a question. I don't know if if it's really related to your domain, but I'm curious, like, especially with knowing your body, like, how do you feel about like painkillers? I know we talked about rice and but like taking ibuprofen or a leave or something like that. How does that like, you know, how that affects your body or if it's good for you or when you should use it? So I, I don't, I don't do any pain meds, um, especially like with like the opioid problem that we have in the country for like, I, like that's one of the reasons I started my practice is to like crush that. Um, because so for example, we have, I think 7% of the world's population, right? We make up seven, the U S sorry, the U S makes up 7% of the world's population and we have 98% of the world's opioids. That doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like most people who, most people who die from an opioid uh, overdose, were prescribed an opioid for some pain problem that they have. And like, if, if we can change that by just increasing like movement throughout the day and like self knowledge of what the problem is and, and how to fix it, if we can reduce that that way, I mean, how big of a win would that be? Um, when it comes to, like Advil, like if we have an inflammation issue, yeah, sure. Pop a couple Advil. If you're using Advil to mitigate your pain problem, that's the problem, right? That's the issue. It's like, there's obviously something that's going on 
Like that's the underlying cause of why you have this back pain or shoulder pain. Yeah, you can take Advil and just like absolutely destroy your stomach lining and, you know, not change the like what's actually happening. Or you can go see some movement professional or even explore it yourself. Like what better way to learn about your problem and exploring it yourself? And that, again, that's where like Kelly Starrett, the ready state, um, where like his stuff comes in really, really handy. Cause he kind of teaches you how to explore on your own and like how to like quote unquote fix your own problem, um, which I'm a huge advocate for. You can even check out squat university's building Milo, right? Like I think, oh, yeah. I think that book is going to be crazy. I haven't yet read it, but. Oh yeah. He's awesome. He's no, yeah. The, the guy from squat university, he's awesome. I love it. And like, that's the other thing is you have to be careful what you, what you look at on social media, right? There's some people out there who are just absolutely trash. And then there's other people who are amazing, you know, like just to give a couple shout outs, like the squat university guy. Awesome. Ice physio. They're awesome. Mitch Babcock. Uh, who else? Uh, the barbell physio. Like those are all awesome people to follow the ready state. That's Kelly Starrett. Um, yeah. Like if you surround yourself with people who are, are actually knowledgeable and, and giving some like high quality advice, that's a perfect start. Especially with the basic movements, because then you can get into like kettlebell swings where it really improves the strength and the power of the movement that you're doing. But the basics, you know, why these things are happening and why you need to do these things, that's where the education comes in. And again, we spend so much time on external sources and learning about other things where you could take some of that time. You know, I, I read something the other day where it's like you have a 47 hour work week. You don't have a 40 hour work week because you spend seven hours of that week working on yourself. And that's where that self-care comes in. So any opportunity you have to like really learn about yourself, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, totally. And then like, once you start, like that's where a professional like you, Connor, like that's where you come in, right? That's where, you know, the people can come into the gym and, and look at things like that to dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. I'm, I am not big on non-steroidal drugs. I don't take any Advil, ibuprofen. I took a, a, a Tylenol the other day because I was just, I needed my, my everything was aching, but uh, any type of like small pain I have, I never resort to that. And I know some people are like, oh, like I'm not feeling too well. Let me take three Advils. I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, let's diagnose the problem here. Let's, let's see what the actual, you got three hours of sleep? Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, when people just rely on something that is just a more, uh, forgot the word I was going to use, but more just mental than anything. Yeah. And like (sighs) sleep plays into it. Like, so like there's your body who's like primal focus is survival and like protection of yourself. Right. There's no way that your body would allow you to lay unconscious for eight hours if it wasn't essential to like mm-hmm. thriving in life <laughs> like there's no yeah. way that your body will allow you to do that and uh so yeah sleep is 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 it's the it's the baseline foundation of everything uh, yeah i mean that's where all the growth hormone is released through through deep sleep and that's where body repairs and that's i mean that's why whoop is so so blowing up right now is because they have the best metrics when it comes to sleep. And when you put in, put them in test to test with another sleep monitor, that's like in the doctor's office and they're actually running tests. 
it's pretty comparable. And that's why it's so easy to use wearable technology and improve your well-being instantly um, just from those little things. And I think such an under, underrated thing that WHOOP does is it shows you all these different activities that you can't do. And I think we always get caught up in, well, I have to run or I have to do this. I have to work out like with bench press and weights and do all these different things. But people don't capitalize on, oh, I'm going to go paddle boarding. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go to yoga. Like we forget about all these other things. We always want to be the bench press. Like I want to have the aesthetic look, but forget about the functional, the mobility. Just, just getting out there, having fun with it, finding something that you really enjoy and just being active in that sense. We, we never really think about that. We always want the, as, the, as, the aesthetic look to our uh, <laughs> to us as well. And I don't think it's about that. It's not about you know all that. It's all about just like getting out there, being active, being mobile, and just feeling good and like being happy with yourself, I think. And we always forget about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, curls for the girls is still right, right? It's not a lie. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, that's all what we've been kind of programmed to, to think aesthetically. When, when we realize it's all internalized and we just want to feel better, we just want to move better. And, you know, although we, we, I, we talk about this constantly. I mean, we talk, you know, how do we not let external factors drive our internal goals? How can we just make sure that that's something that we really want to do rather than I see that and I want to look like that. No, you don't. Like, that's a lot of dieting. That's a lot of work. That's uncomfortable. You know, they're, they're cutting calories. We talk about cutting calories for sports, you know, there's a lot of unhealthy things that go on to what we see as what we think is what we want. Um, when, when really, if we just dig deep and say, you know, I want a better, I want a better heart. Let me go build endurance. Let me feel better throughout that. Let me go on hikes without getting tired. Keep going. If you say your body's resilient, it will, it will build itself back up. That's the whole point of progressive overload is you beat your bustle up. It says, okay, let's make sure that we can do that again quick repair, quick repair. And the, oh, they're doing it again. Okay. Quick repair, quick repair. Like that's, that's that constant growth that's happening. And that's why I think you saw a lot of success, Richie, when, when you were lifting with Leighton, because it became such a more of a push for each other rather than a, a physical aesthetic look. Right. Yeah. I think it was just like, like such an, another underrated thing. It's just like having somebody to work with on work with, like whether it's movement or whether it's, working out itself it's you know somebody to push you and help you get better and and if your form's off they can help you talk through it and figure out what's going on you know um i think it's also really strange like people people always get weirded out like if you like record yourself at the gym or do these different things but like people watch tape all the time you don't play play professional sports and not watch tape um and when you're in the gym like and like William does at the shop, right? You literally are watching tape of you running. You're watching tape of your swing or you're watching your tape on something, whether it's volleyball and spiking, whatever it is. And you're going to pick up on these little things that are going to help you figure out how to get better. And, uh, and at the gym, like that's something that you can definitely do. That's really funny because after one of my classes in, at Springfield, my ex-phys class, where we did a lot of like, um, you know, studies and, and um, other things like that, but we really started to analyze gait swing, um, which is, or gait cycles um, on people. And now it's a constant thing that I do. That's a hobby of mine is when I go out and I'm walking around or I'm running, I'll watch how other people walk and I'll run and I'll, I'll start to depict like, oh, okay, they have, you know, poor hip mobility. They have a forward lean. They have all these things. And 
uh, it's pretty funny because I, I never really saw or saw myself doing that until I took that class and was like, damn, a lot of people don't move well. And it's really sometimes really obvious. And, you know, sometimes you want to go in there and, and fix them right away. But it's like, all right, know your place. Know your place. You're out in public. <laughs> Nobody needs to do this right now. <laughs> That's actually funny. Because we, we do, like, obviously a ton of, like, gate mechanics in school, too. And, and I saw this shirt. So, yeah, like, I totally feel, get what you're saying. Like, you're out, and you're, like, watching someone walk, and, and I saw the shirt. It was pretty funny. It was, like, don't flatter yourself. I'm just watching your gait. <laughs> like, if someone, <laughs> you're staring at someone, they're, like, what are you looking at? Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was watching your knees, actually. Yeah. Not, not anything else. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's my card. You're going you're gonna to come see me in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, we've been going quite a while. Um, any final thoughts real quick? Want to? touch on uh, any last thoughts, tips, tricks, whatever you guys want to chat that through. I uh, want to start wrapping this thing up. I feel like it's only been like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I like that. I mean, I think the only thing I would say is it can be overwhelming looking at this, especially if you are a novice and don't know anything. You don't even know where to start. Start small. Work with the basic movements that you do on an everyday basis, like your activities of daily living. Make sure you can go through, perform those efficiently. Um, but I mean, I, it is overwhelming when you look at it, especially when it's something you don't know. So it just starts somewhere. I mean, we always talk about that. I mean, that's, I think that's a common thing where you're like, oh, do we have any more thing to say? Start slow, <laughs> start slow. Don't overwhelm yourself too much, but that's always the advice I'll give. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just jump on and say like, um, we've touched on it a lot where it's just the accountability of, of it all. I think when, especially when it comes to knowing your body, emphasis to me isn't isn't body or knowing it's it's your body like that's that's what you need to take away like it's not like the healthcare system like yeah where you know human anatomy and all that stuff like you need to know it's your body that you need to look after you know and i think that's important because people who are in sports kind of inherently know that but if you're not athletic you're just like oh i'm not an athlete i don't even know what's going on but you really do need to know your body and i think that's the the biggest thing that i've honestly taken away is screw the medical system. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely the, the big thing that I was picking up on, or for me, had, in the past couple months has really been, like before I saw William, was just like, you know, it can be pretty overwhelming when you have this weird injury that you don't really know what it is. And like my knee hurt, and I didn't really know what it was. And the first, my first thought was like, all right, let's just rest it. I'm going to take a couple months off. I'll take a month or two off. I'll take a month off and uh, see how it feels. And then I took another month off because it still was bugging me. And I was like, all right, MRI time. And uh, got the MRI. You know, I knew it was like, I thought, okay, it could be meniscus tear, like a small little like meniscus tear. Could, maybe it's not that serious. Um, and, you know, come back, my MRI is clean. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? Um, because it's still hurting. It doesn't feel good. And, you know, I think the, the big thing I took away was just like, you got to find help find the right help too. Like you're, you're not going to know everything. The fact is, is like we can, you should be able to explore. You should do these things, but if you don't know where to start, find help. Like, don't just, you know, push it, overdo it. Uh, Cause you can aggravate it worse or you can do these other things, like find the right person to help. And luckily I found you. So uh, you definitely helped me and uh, got me where I need to be. Yeah. And, and also know like pain doesn't always issue, uh, pain doesn't always equal tissue damage 
like just because something hurts doesn't mean that there's tissue damage that it's going to lead to this like cascade of other problems like it, it most likely it's just like some movement problem something stiff something's weak so um yeah don't don't always freak out immediately um try to figure out what's going on um and then but my i guess my closing thought is uh do things over uh do things for decades right stay consistent with everything um i want to give a little shout out to uh, a book that one of my one of my mentors wrote it's called killing comfort um by this guy jared moon and i think that you guys would actually love it it's such a good book it's an easy read it's super actionable um it's one of my favorite books i, I read it every quarter um just to kind of like reiterate what's in it but yeah do things for decades that's awesome so uh, before we head out, uh, William, do you have a, I know you do Instagram. I know you do YouTube. Do you want to like throw out your handle just so listeners, whoever can hear it and uh, make sure they can find you somewhere? Yeah, everything's just uh, at the movement shop. Instagram's probably like the best place. Um, but yeah, feel free, like slide in our DMs if you have any questions and uh, be happy to chat. I love this stuff. Um, like we said at the beginning, like this isn't even work to me. Uh, I just enjoy it. And so, yeah, if you have any questions or if I can help in any, in any way, um, if you're anywhere in the country, I, I probably know a performance PT where you're at. Um, so if you're looking for someone for some help, reach out and, and I'll point you in a good direction. And uh, the shop part, is that uh, spelled uh, normal or uh, the normal <laughs> way you spell it or is it your last name? So, yeah, it's my last name, uh, The Movement Shop. It's S-C-H-O-P-P. Uh, it's... It's a long story. It's like German, but Norwegian. And that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> awesome. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the description. That's my job. Cool. Perfect. Sweet. Um, well, we weren't going to have any uh, any challenges, but uh, we, we heard a lot of different things today. I want to throw out a challenge, which is this week, have some movement snacks out there uh, during your work day, whatever it is that you do. It's uh, definitely a good takeaway. I would uh, definitely be doing that myself. And with that, uh, I'll let Derek take us away. Yeah. Well, as I say, I don't know if anyone noticed, but when, when William brought up the, move, the original movement snacks, I have a standing desk and I was like, oh shit, I need to stand up. So I literally like <laughs> my standing desk and now I'm standing. So just, I took your word. I gotta say, man, it, it was an honor coming on and talking with you guys. You guys are inspiring more than you know. And uh, I, had a, I had an absolute blast. Appreciate that. Thanks, man. Dude, we need, we need to have him come back when, when the Dead Guy Boys take off. I'll come back whenever <laughs> you guys want, man. This is a, this right. was fun. I'm gonna be cool. getting some Amazing. consults for my uh, Spartan race coming up so, uh, so I can destroy <laughs> you guys. But it, I'm gonna make sure to pay you off so you don't work with the other guys here. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Eat a baguette weekly on Mondays in three weeks. Yeah, and go eat that wheat with movement, purposeful movement. Sorry, let me put my baguette down. I didn't realize you podcasters were still listening. Well, since you are, why not head over to our Instagram page at the underscore baguette underscore boys 
and DM us. Let us know how all the challenges are going. And why not? Let us know how your yearly, maybe monthly, or even weekly goals are going. We'd love to interact with you guys and get new perspective to see how we can better ourselves and maybe even better you. Catch you guys next Monday. Peace out.